Welcome to the Commands of Christ podcast brought to you by the Home Discipleship Network. We're excited about guiding people to the Word of God to experience the abundant life and to be encouraged as they walk as disciples of Jesus all through the power of Christ living in us. And now, your hosts, Gabe Cleeter and Nate Payne. In this episode, we are continuing on with the command of Christ, ask, seek, and knock. I'm going to go ahead and read the verses where we get this command from. It's found in Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 7. Ask, Jesus says, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Gabe, in this episode, we want to talk about how does this command relate to us. And I think that one key aspect of how it relates to us, and I appreciate the way you read a few of the verses to give even more context um, after our command, because it reveals to us the reality that God is a good father, and he delights to give good gifts to his children. And I think that's so important, because we see in how it relates to us. Well, this, obviously, this command is relating to born-again believers, those who have been born again in the Spirit of God, those that are saved, that God is their father, right? So, because we've been born again in the Spirit of God, and he's our father, and he's a good father, we can come to him, and we can ask, and we can seek, and we can knock. In other words, this is because of um, God's work in saving us and making us his children. Just like a child would come to his parent, we can come to our heavenly father, and we can ask things of him. And I think our view of him is so important to see, because I think in seeing how it relates to us, we have to see that specifically here in the verses, it talks about how um, if ye being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? And it just shows this reality that God is good and he does good. And that really affects the way we approach when we ask and we seek and we knock. When we realize that he is good and that he does good, it compels us to ask and to seek and to knock. I love the contrast that Jesus is bringing to the table here. He says, if ye being then evil... Mm-hmm know how to give good gifts into your children. How much more shall your heavenly father give good things to them to ask him? The, the idea with what Jesus is saying there is we of a fallen human nature, tainted by sin, selfishness, and a host of other things, if we still, even with all that, know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more then Will our Heavenly Father, which is perfect, who loves us, who it who is he is obligated because of the the sacrifice of his son Jesus Christ to take care of us, how much more will he not give to us the things that we ask for? And so I think one of the one of the things as we talk about how this command applies to escape is understanding we do have a good father and that what does it mean to have a good father? And I think of, you know, having children myself and, and parenting and, and just thinking of, we need to understand what is the nature of a good father. I think of 
just a couple simple things would be the nature of a good father would be that he desires to meet the basic needs of his children. He's not going to give them whatever they want. That wouldn't be a good father. But he actually, he knows what they need and he desires to answer that. And so as we come to this command, Gabe, ask, seek, and knock, we it's so helpful and so encouraging to know God desires to answer. And then also another neat element of, of God being a good father is that he is fully capable and able to provide. Whatever the, the, the need of the child, he is able to provide. And then you kind of contrast this with the nature of a good father to the nature of a child. We need to understand our place as children to a good father. What is our place? Our p- place should be fully trusting. I think of children, they, my children, they'll often come to me asking for one thing or another, and they ask with complete confidence. It's like they don't even take into consideration I might not be able to provide for whatever they're asking. They just ask. And I think that's, in a lot of ways, the heart of, of when we come to the Lord asking, having just that full trusting attitude. A child is helpless is another aspect. Um, we're helpless in many ways to to provide for ourselves, but that's where God's ability comes in. And with that helplessness, there's just this dependence, this looking to the Lord. And we kind of referenced that in our last episode of um, the example that we find in Luke of, is it is the word importunity, Gabe, um, of, the, of the person coming with importunity of just this desperateness to get an answer. And, but just kind of in conclusion with this thought and this idea that we have a good father, he wants to answer us, he's able to answer us, and that is a privilege of being able to come to him. We, we have a privilege uh, as his children to come to him and ask for, for these things. And when you think about who this God is that we're going to is our father, he's limitless. You know, as mm-hmm. an, uh, you know, earthly fathers have, have limits. They can only provide to a point. They can only do this or that to a point. God is limitless in his ability to provide, to care, to love, to discipline. Like, like our loving heavenly father is, 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 is just his boundless love and care and compassion to us is is just a marvelous marvelous thing and i think it's important to see when we're going to this command that that we see that god is a good father and a good father provides for what his children needs and not always just what his children wants because we know from james it says he have not because he asked not, but then says he ask and receive not because you ask basically to consume it on your lusts, right? And so God is a good father. Like a, a parent is not just going to give their child anything, right? Sometimes children may ask for things that they want but are not good for them, right? And so in the same way, sometimes um, even as we're asking and we're seeking and we're knocking, we can we can ask for something that is um, that that isn't what's best for us, that isn't in God's heart for us. And I think we have to see that it's not that God doesn't answer, it's that sometimes he answers with a no, because he's a good father and he knows what's best for us. So sometimes God will answer with a yes, sometimes he'll answer with a um, a wait, and then sometimes he'll answer with a no. But when we realize that God's a good father, when we realize he cares for us, it's going to cause us to seek him wholeheartedly, to ask consistently, and to knock um, devotedly. I love a quote 
somebody said, and I'm going to read it real quickly. It says, disillusionment comes if we ask the wrong person for the right thing or if we ask the right thing of the wrong person. How true it is. And I think, Gabe, that for some of us or for some of our listeners that not properly understanding the command ask, seek, and not can can lead to disillusionment. Because it's like, well, I asked for it. Why didn't I get it? You know, I even maybe pursued that route and why didn't it work out? You know, or I knocked on that door and it didn't open. Mm-hmm. So God must not keep his word. Well, we know that's not true. God does keep his word. But just like you're saying, a good father, just by definition, knows what is best. The child doesn't always know what is best, but the the father does. And, um, you know, I think of when when God does answer us, I think God always does answer. Now, whether it's yes or no or wait, um, God does answer. But when when we when we ask, I think we need to have a couple things in mind because there's some stipulations that are given here in this command that I think would would apply to when we ask. For one, let's let's what what are some of the examples here? You know, if if a son asks for bread, you know, will he give him a stone? Right? Bread is a basic need, right? Or will if he asks for a fish, right? Will he give him a serpent? Right? And it's like these are basic needs, and so um, I think of as a father giving what is needed to my children. I think of a couple things that run run through my mind: is does it benefit the child? Does it meet a genuine need? Does it line up with the nature and the goodwill of? Uh, does it line up with with uh, with with basically what is best for that child? And so, um, just know that that when we do ask God for, for, for things, really, Gabe, we need to be asking in a line with the character and the nature of who God is. And I think that's one of the key things about asking, seeking, knocking is to realize, Nate, our asking, our seeking, our knocking isn't just about getting the thing that we're asking and seeking, knocking for, even though that's a part of it. I think even more so, and maybe you could even say the primary purpose of asking and seeking, knocking is not just getting what we're asking for, it's getting greater intimacy in our fellowship with God. And so, like, that's what God's after. God's after bringing us to greater depth and intimacy in our relationship with Him. And we're laboring before Him in prayer and asking Him. And when we're seeking him with our whole heart and when we're, we're knocking fervently what's happening is 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 we're, we're cultivating we're spending time with him we're getting to know him he's showing us his love and nate sometimes he shows us his love and saying yes and we receive it other times he shows us his love and saying wait and later we see his timing his timing is always perfect and sometimes when he says no even we see his love as a heavenly father and so um i i think of this quote by oswald chambers where he said our ordinary views of prayer are not found in the new testament we look upon prayer as a means of getting things for ourselves. The Bible idea of his prayer that we may get to know God himself. Mm. And the Bible idea of prayer is that we get to know God himself, Oswald mm-hmm. Chambers said. And I, I think there's a lot of truth in that, that as we pursue the Lord in prayer, it's not just about getting the things that we're asking for. It's about getting to know God himself. And that's a hallelujah reality. It is. I think of just prayer being more of a lifestyle than just a to-do list. You know, 
you know, I guess what I'm what I'm saying here is that prayer isn't a vending machine mm-hmm. where you walk up to it, you say your prayer, like putting a dollar bill in, and out pops the soda or snack or whatever it is. And that sounds kind of funny, but yet that's how we treat God. I think I know I've been guilty of treating God that way. When 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 this is not what God is communicating that this is not what Jesus is communicating through this command ask seek and knock the idea is of persistence the idea is I'm repeatedly coming back and you know that would lead to the question of why why couldn't God just answer within that very first time you ask and I think part of it Gabe is he wants to develop and build that personal relationship with us well, I think part of it is because God doesn't want a 911 relationship with us. And what I mean by that, obviously in the U.S., 911 is the number you call if you face an emergency to get um, to get help. Like God, you know, sometimes like if God doesn't want us just to seek him when things go bad or we're in a trial or in difficulty, oh, God, help me. You know, obviously we should seek him when we're in trials and difficulties, but he doesn't want us just to seek him at mm-hmm. those points. And and God doesn't want us just, to, oh, God, get me out of this mess, you know, to be our only time that we're praying. The only time we're asking is, God, get me out of this mess. Um, no, God wants us to be, God wants way more than just a 911 relationship with him. He wants a relationship where we're pursuing him like a son pursues a father because we are his children. He is our father and we're consistently coming to him and we're asking of him and we're seeking and we're knocking him, not just as a, as a quick thing when we're facing trouble, but as, as something we're consistently doing and pursuing greater fellowship and, um, and, and intimacy with the God of the universe. So in conclusion, Gabe, I think it might be appropriate to read Jeremiah 29, 10 through 14, um, because there's a promise here. There's there's kind of some stipulations, but there's also a promise, a promise that, mm-hmm. that God will answer prayer. Jeremiah 29, 10 says, For thus saith the Lord, and I'm going to read through verse 14, For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you. And perform my good word towards you, in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall ask me, or and ye shall seek me and find me, when ye when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord. And I will turn, turn away your, your captivity. And I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place whence I cause you to be carried away captive. So beautiful. But there are stipulations for God answering those prayers, for God being found. I love that. You, basically, Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, saying how that we will find him if we search for him with all of our heart. And I think that's appropriate for this command is ask, not only to ask, seek and knock. And we will be answered 
we will find and the door will be opened. And I think you see all three of those here in this passage in Jeremiah. You see, then shall you call upon me and go and pray unto me. There you see the asking. And I will hearken unto you. There you see the, you know, the, like the receiving. And you shall seek me, right? And there you mm-hmm. see the seeking and find me. And when you shall search, when you shall search me um, with all your heart, and I will be found of you, saith the Lord. So then you see the seeking and the finding. And then it says, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all nations and from all places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place whence... I have caused you to be carried away captive. It's like the door will be open to bring mm. to be brought into what God was calling them to. So you see, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. And I think in many ways, Nate, asking demonstrates a childlike dependence. Mm. Seeking demonstrates devotion in our pursuit. And knocking demonstrates desperation and fervency in mm. our pursuit of God. And when we pursue God with this desperate, devoted, um, dependence mm-hmm. god answers that and he works mightily on our behalf as a result he does and for our listeners maybe maybe you've seen this command ask seek and knock as more of a checklist in the sense of well if i ask god he's just going to do it and i'm going to get what i want or if i seek i'm going to find it or if i knock hard enough um the door will be opened when really the heart of this command is a person and it's pursuing and seeking a person. And I think as we move into our next episode of, okay, how do we practically do this? How do we, you know, what are some tools that we can apply to our lives that, that will be helpful um, in doing this command? I think we're really, it's going to be eye opening to see it's, it's not about, a, a to-do list. It's about cultivating an intimate relationship with God and basing our prayer, basing our worship, basing our lives around the person of Jesus Christ. So we hope that you join us on our upcoming episode as we discuss more on the command, Ask, Seek, and Knock. Thank you for joining us on this journey through the commands of Christ, brought to you by the Home Discipleship Network. If you would like to go deeper in this month's focus, head over to homediscipleshipnetwork.org, where you can download a free study guide to accompany each command. And if today is your first time with us, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, so you will be able to join us each week as we explore the commands of Christ together. That's it for today, and we'll be back with more next week.